past your luck check, it's the No Class Podcast with your host Eddie and Matt and the bravest dog in the world, Minnie. So Minnie will be keeping us company, hopefully dropping some bones and making some loud clattering noises for us while we enjoy podcast number 64. Wow. Awesome. We're getting there. It's easier to get up in the numbers for podcasts if you skip some like number 50. I like that. I like that a lot. One now, day. You were in charge of organizing that, so how's that going? Oh, I didn't know that I was in charge of organizing You've that. been in charge of organizing it. Well, then it's happening. When is this happening exactly? Do, 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 do. Ah, any minute now. Cool refreshment. Well, I tell you what, sound off, folks. How would you like to hear me and Eddie and some of our closest role-playing chums do a live cast of us playing the worst adventurers ever, the half-orcs? If you'd like that, let us know via all the various communications, such as noclasspodcast at gmail.com. Dot org, dot mil. Exactly. Or the Facebook, or Carrier Pigeon, or Telegraph, Telephone. Telenurse. Exactly. Telenovela. All right. Well, you know what we start off with? What's that? The Long Con. You got any news? That is the greatest and most awesomest con in all of East Texas. Mm, you could branch out a little further than that. Okay. How about the Arklatex? Wow. Ooh la la. Okay. I'm throwing down the challenge right now. I, I, you know what? I love it. Do it. Um. So we now have more and more and more special guests. For a con that swore years ago they would never have special guests... We have so many special guests. We, you know, some of y'all should already know we have Brendan LaSalle from, you know, Goodman Games. I've heard of him. Uh, he made X Crawl. Uh, you know, he's running. And you should see what he did to Y. <laughs> bump, did it a bump, bump. Um, and he's written a number of really awesome adventures for DCC and other games and just all, all around great guy. He's coming to this year's con as a special guest. David Beatty of Stiff Whiskers. Uh, is coming, and he's the Weird Frontiers dude, and also has written a number of really awesome adventures and helped write different games and supplements and things. Um, and also got Sean Roberson. I've uh, heard of him. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, getting to be the the Palladium guy, and he did riffs for Savage Worlds, which is awesome. His his interpretation is just really, really, really solid. We've been playing some of that and having fun. So if you like Savage Worlds or Rifts, uh-huh. that's your draw right there. Yeah, or even come if on out. Even if you're a Palladium Rifter, he's I think they're grooming him to be like the dude at Palladium, as I understand. But don't that's don't quote me on that. And then we have John Watson of Torg, the game, you know Torg, which is so awesome. But also he's written a number of adventures and supplements and stuff for other games. Um, he has a, one adventure for Weird Frontiers that's really good. Hell Train, I believe. Yep. Really good. And it takes place in Jefferson, which I love that because that's close to us here in East Texas. So. But anyway, um, do we have anybody else coming So our special guests? Yeah, we got John's boss at Torg. We, you have the, the Torg guys coming? Yep. How did we make that happen? He did. Wow. John is the best. John is absolutely the best. But, you know, there's some other people that I'd like to consider special guests. Um, Me? That, yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, Bad Mike's talking about coming, but that's still a little, it hasn't quite congealed there. Uh, Bill Barsh has made reference numerous times of coming. He says he's got plane tickets. Yeah. I'd hate to call him a liar, but. Pace Setter Games. And once again, a lot of great products have come out of Pace Setter Games under his pen. And now his son as well as riding adventures, and I've heard good things. Ben. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing to hear. Yeah, um, so it's yeah, it's good to hear good things. Yeah, duh. Um, so you know, anyway, just we got a lot of people coming, but you know, a lot of the usual people. Adrian Compton always runs games that people just love, love, love. Adrian's put in games. Her fifth edition stuff solid. Um, and there's a lot of other people. You know, Matt Couch is coming, and he always runs some fun games that are DCC products. So, and I mean, I'm looking at the the lineup, and we've got some Savage World games in, so that's cool got some savage rules some 5e a lot of dcc stuff the space crawl star crawl this crawl that crawl all the crawls so just between you and i listener mm-hmm. we need to move some of these badges yeah, yeah. they need to pick up yep. our sale numbers are not even what they're usually at around this time yeah so if you haven't bought your badge yet now would be a fantastic time to do it if you haven't told everybody around you in your mm-hmm. friends and family circle that they should get a badge, mm-hmm. this is a fantastic time to do it. Because mm-hmm. if we can't hit our numbers, yeah. I don't know if Matt's going to let me keep this thing going. And you know I have no problem putting a bullet in a con's head. Go ask Red River. Oh, you can't. It's dead. But um, I will say that uh, I love this con and I love the people that come. Um and, you know, I want to see this thing keep going. And uh, I made a solemn, you know, vow or we will get to 200. So let help us make that happen. You don't uh, want to know what happens to Matt if we don't hit 200. This is true. This is true. There will be nipple rings. Exactly. But the other thing, the other pressure to put on you is this is our first time with this hotel. Mm-hmm. So we need to show up and show out for them. So they're mm-hmm. like, oh, these guys are great. We want them to come back. You know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. We, you, all of us need to make a really good first impression. And so, yeah, yeah, we want to blow their skirt up so that we can have a long relationship with them and keep this con going. So. I mean, yeah, literally tell your friends uh, that are gamers, like, dude, support local gaming. You know, we have a con. It's it's a whole weekend of gaming. It's like all the cake you could want or all the barbecue. You could, I mean, it's just like, yeah, I mean, ooh la la, a whole weekend of gaming. So keep in mind, we organize this thing, but the con is what you make it. Yep. So if there's no games on the schedule, mm-hmm. it's because you didn't put any games in. So please come and put in some games Mm -hmm. games help sell badges badges sell people putting in games and games sell people putting in badges so there you go we've seen this over six years now that's this vicious cycle of like well i'd buy a ticket but there's no games posted Well, there's no games posted so i won't buy a ticket it's like we gotta have some games showing then we'll sell tickets as we sell tickets more games will come in it's it's just that's how it plays out every time and i know it feels like it's still a little while down the road but basically it's four months till badge sales end so no reason to not do it now plus the more cash that we've got on hand we know okay this is how much swag we need to get this is how much stuff we can give back to you i'm glad he said i was just about to say 
if everybody piles in at the end, it's too late to reach out to that place in China and have all the cool things made that we want to make because we love giving stuff to you guys. If anybody remembers last few years, we've given away like a pile of stuff, like a stack, like here's a board game and this and this, you know. And, and so if we don't know till the last minute, that's too late to order crap, mm-hmm. you know. And anyway. apparently the hot popular thing that people want as uh, told to us on our Twitch show, is magnets. Yeah. So magnets, you'll get them. And, but we might even have another little secret or two in our back pockets. You never know. But that's if we have an idea of our numbers sooner than later. Anyway. But anyway, good yeah. times with the long con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. All right. Unless you've got something else you want to talk about, we'll get into the pop culture world let's get it popping all right first comes books and comic books as you know all right so you had recently encouraged me to read rage, rage more, more and you were kind of to let me borrow your copies of the comic i really enjoyed it but i am right always loved um richard corbin's artwork and his art style and his palette is just otherworldly and uh jan Sanders. or whatever his name is um, yeah, I mean, he, he's a good writer. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed Rage more. Okay, so with that, we kind of traded off with the same author and artist, mm-hmm. and I read Mutant Future. Mm-hmm. Or actually, it's... Is that what it is? Mutant World. Mutant World. And Son of Mutant World. I didn't read Son of Mutant World. <laughs> Which actually was probably... It's actually better, I think. Oof. Yeah, but anyway. As... M- well, no, that's too far because I love Rage More. Mm-hmm. But as much as I love Rage More, I did not enjoy. Uh, what was it? Mutant World. Mutant World. Meh. But didn't this do anything. For this me. was like their first collaboration way back in the day when they were younger, and I'm not. But just needless to say, maybe they weren't hitting their stride yet because Rage More was done like in 2012. That was like in the 70s or something. When it feels yeah. like it. Yeah. but they, Not a lot happens. But they did like Mutant, uh, Son of Mutant World only maybe again like a handful of years ago. So if you, if you give it, I'll leave it here. No. If you, okay. <laughs> but anyway, because even I'll tell you, I couldn't even remember what the plot was from Mutant World. But Son of Mutant World, oh yeah, I can remember the plot from that one. It's, it's, it's rememberable. It's decent. I'm trying to think. I should be able to remember this at least, but this shows you how much I enjoyed it. What is the main character's name? Dementia, demented, dementor, or something, or demento, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He reminded me, appearance-wise, kind of like Den from Heavy Metal. Sure. And so the whole time I was like, I'd rather be reading that. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like this looks like that, and the whole time you're thinking about, I don't know. I can't. I can't come up with another good example. But if it was like this, looks like Star Wars. Maybe like the black hole. Remember uh-huh. that movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you're like, oh, it kind of looks like Star Wars, but it sure ain't Star yeah, Wars. Well, it grinds and it's slow. Yep. And, and then they, they kind of <sighs> kiddied up the little events at the robots to be kind of, oh, how cute they are, whatever, for the kitties. Yeah. But that, the uh, evil robot Maximilian. Oh, yeah. Now that's yeah. a classic villain right there. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he, he deserves given, a better story. Yeah, he's giving off those Vader vibes. That's what they wanted, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But, um, I haven't thought about that movie in a minute, but no, I will say is it's it's I don't blame you because no, the first I guess I didn't think to qualify that, but yeah, the first part's pretty meh. Other than of course I like the artwork, but the story is poop. But the story is better in the second part. But anyway, for what it's worth, 
because um, it's an actually a completely different story. That's why it's like Son of Mutant World. It has no bearing on the first one. It's not even the same deal. But anyway, so Eddie's not particularly fond of Mutant World or Son of Mutant World. We both agree Ragemore is good stuff. All right, so Ragemore is like a 10 out of 10, right? I'll give it nine a 9. 9 out of 10. I'll give it a 9 out of 10. You know okay, me. so it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But what do you think of Mutant World? I'm not like, it's a zero. No, the first part, I would give it a... Five, and then I would give the second part like a seven. Yeah, and I might go with like a four. It wasn't like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> I need therapy. Yeah. You know? yeah, it just was boring. It was dull. And after Rage More, my expectations were through the roof. Oh, so right, maybe, right. maybe you'll pick it up and read it. But I mean, even Matt's giving it a five out of ten. So oh, yeah, I mean, I mean and, and only giving it five really for the artwork, not the story, because and that's just it. Dull. You, you might not be the biggest fan of Corbin's artwork. Dull is dishwater. Love Corbin's artwork, so that kind of gives it a little shot in the arm there, or whatever. Like I could, I could enjoy it for the artwork if nothing else. But um, so that was books and comic books. Yeah, unless you had another book. Nope, no books. I'm not Should bookish. I talk about this hall down here in the books? Yeah, why not? Yeah, talk about that. All right, if I could remember which ones it is, I know it's part of Deserts of Desolation. So let's see, we've got Adventure. For Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, I-4 and X-4. And at our little half-price books, they had about 16 copies of those original modules still in shrink wrap. And it, they also had a big stack of those adventures where you use the marker to reveal the secrets so you could play it by yourself. But yeah, somebody came I think that through was Blizzard Pass. Yeah, or some, somebody snatched all of those up. Yeah. So I know who snatched all those up. Did, did I tell you that story? You found out for sure who it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it who I guessed? I don't remember who you guessed, but maybe. I don't know. Etten Games. Yeah. David Donahoe. He had it shipped to him probably. Yep. Yep. So he called up and ordered all the ones that were there. So when I showed up to get one or two, or all of them, they were gone. Mm -hmm. But right above the shelf, since he wasn't actually there in person to see it, there were like 16 of each one of those in really nice condition. So I went from like, this is a wasted trip to, hey, we got something here. And it's funny, if he had thought to go, hey, do you have anything else like this there? He probably would have got all of that, but oh well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. these are great. I mean, they're still in the shrink wrap. They're in amazing condition. Yep. So good, good, good haul there. So we'll see if that can raise some funds for the con as well. Right. Con. But as well say again, if someone you don't know, like the long con, uh, David comes out. This has been Etten Games. Etten Games has been out. Comes out every year. At least he has the last what three or four. Mm -hmm. And he always has a really great selection of new stuff. But also he'll have these rare and hard to find and older things that are amazing. Like he had the. What's that wheel from old school D and D? It was yeah, like, it was like a to hit wheel for fighters or something. Yeah, yeah, kind of like this Thaco wheel that was official and and apparently they're very rare and it's all kind of neat stuff like that. Anyway, oh, speaking of Thaco, mm -hmm. we had some really cool Thaco shirts at NTRPG. Yeah, we did. Thanks to our professional designer Lindsay. Miss mm -hmm. Lindsay knocked that one out of the park. Yep. Yep. So thank you out there listening to this fine podcast we appreciate you and we appreciate all the things that you're doing for us right on right on all the things um so what have y'all watched for tv well oh for television well uh it's funny was again you know recently i've watched a number of shows that you'd be like what well we what, what did we watch oh we watched uh uh what's the one uh 
Guillermo del Toro did it, and it was a cartoon, and it was about the Day of the Dead. Oh, I can't think of the name now. It's killing me. But we watched that, and it was actually, because at first the kids were like, hey, let's watch something. They're queuing up, and at first, like they're pulling up the Princess and the Frog or something. I was like, oh, hell no. But then about that time. Sounds like Coco no, no, on Disney. Yeah. But, the but kid, not Del Toro, but the probably. Kids, yeah, pulled up this, and it's called, God, I can't think of what it's called. It's killing me. But anyway, Die. but but yeah, but when the kid Die. was pulling it up and I saw by Guillermo Del Toro. I, by right, men in. I'm like, I'm in. Because uh, Guillermo Del Toro, he's great. You know, he's, he's the guy that did your Pacific you, Rim. Pacific Rim, your jam. And but all, I'm trying to think of the one that came Pan's after Labyrinth that. Labyrinth or whatever. And there the, was the one that was kind of Lovecraftian. Well, he did that the That was one the, house, the with, House in Red. I, just, or, I knew you were going to mention the, 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 the kid from uh, uh, Radcliffe was in it. And it was like the first thing he did, I think, after Harry Potter. And it tanked hard. But that's just one time that the guy didn't knock out of the park. And honestly, I've heard it's not that bad. It just... The timing was off, or who knows, people weren't ready for... It seems like that one, if we're thinking about the right one, like the Red House or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, it's something like that. It was like, this is not a ghost story. It's a story that has ghosts. And one yeah. of the characters says that right at the beginning. Uh-huh. And if you take that with the grain of salt, you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, again, that was one where the expectations were through the roof, and you're like, this is him doing his Lovecraft thing. And it's like, no. So if you have lower expectations, you can probably have yeah. a pretty good time with that movie. But yeah, but regardless, even though it's, I mean, obviously it's it's a it's a cartoon for children, but it's really a neat story, and the visuals are awesome because it's you know Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, whatever. But anyway, I enjoyed it. If I can remember what the Guillermo. name, Guillermo. Yeah, Guillermo. I can't. I have a hard time, but I can roll my arse pretty good. Um, what so we do in the shadows? So what about you, Guillermo? Yeah. Uh, I have been watching the same old stuff. So I will go to this one first, The Boys. I think they just did six, and episode seven will come out tomorrow. Episode six had an incredible fight scene to it. So all these times when it's been like, we're going to blackmail you to get out of this, now all the action scenes are really coming around, and you're getting those good fights. So I enjoyed that quite a bit, and so did Matt while he plays on his phone. No, I was trying gonna, to look up that movie. I, absolutely, but no, I was going to say you brought it up. But yeah, uh, the boys. I'm, I think I'm up to date because it was called Herogasm was the most recent one, and oh yeah, that was that was really cool. But it's like the deal with the devil. It's like now they've allied with another jerk to beat up the original jerk, you know. And it's kind of like what what do you do? But the Herogasm in the comics, of course, as everything in the comics was much much worse, as like even that much more extreme. So. Enjoy it with caution. The other thing that I've been watching is Handmaid's Tale. Oh. So I think I might have brought Matt around on that one since that was a big point of interest in the last one where Matt was making faces at us, and unfortunately we don't have him on video for that. Right. So I guess we'll say he thought it had some po- – he was told it had some political leanings, which I think – We've, you've We've put come those, around yeah, to rest, and it's one of those things in this day and age. Book of Life, the Book of Life from 2014, that was the cartoon. The Walk of Life. Yeah. But uh, but no, I, I might check that out. The Handmaid's Tale. That's on Hulu, right? Yeah. Not that we get political here, but it, I think it's trying to become political again right now. No. <gasps> so you better watch no. it before it finds some other way to be political. Of course. But I am enjoying it. I. Th- think I'm about to start season four. 
Wow. Which I think four is where they're at, and they've either filmed five or they're working on five, and I think that might be where it ends at. Yeah, again, that that's, I think the star is the, the gal that shined so brightly in uh, uh, Mad, Mad Men. Mad Men. What's her name? Elizabeth Moss. Okay. Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, who else is it? Anybody we know? Hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry enough. about who's in it. Okay. Watch it and find out for yourself. Uh, okay, all right then. Typical. Typical. Don't worry about it. Typical, this guy. I actually, I can't think of anybody that you'd be like, oh, yeah. That guy, he's awesome. All right, yeah. So some newcomers, some old timers from stuff that I don't know, but lots of good acting. Fine, fine quality acting. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. Use your referral code, No Class Podcast, on Hulu to get your free 30-second trial. Speaking of short trials, but yeah, go ahead. So, any other shows? Oh, yeah, like you said, episode uh, the 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 boys or whatever. Uh, watch that. That was good. They're back in town. Yeah, the boys are back. The boys are back. And I told y'all we talked about the book of life, and now uh, the Handmaid's Tale. And now Minnie is snoring under Matt's chair, which is awesome. And she's not licking my heel. Tee-hee. Oh, TV shows. Okay. Um, are we talking? We are still talking TV. TV. Yeah. Uh, TV. Strange New World, Star Trek. Strange I've been really enjoying it. I'm about four episodes in, and I really liked it. Is that a prequel? Yeah. It's, Is it's, that like first generation? Well, I think the very first one had good old Quantum Leap in it, where that was like when the Vulcans had first showed up or whatever. Scott Bakula. Yeah, Scott Bakula. Thank you. And uh, that was like the, the first thing. But this is... Is it got Pike? Yeah. And so I'm showing my nerd lore. I love the old original Star Trek. And so if you know all your your Star Trek lore, I've always said I'm not really a Star Trek guy, but maybe I'm trying to be too cool for school because I do know... Are you pulling one of mine? Uh-huh. You'll go, oh, I'm not that big a fan. Then you'll tell me the whole litany and history. And so... The original Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry was ahead of his time. You know, he wanted to have a multi-ethnic cast, which he had Uhura. I think that had the first uh, multiracial kiss on TV was Uhura and uh, uh, Captain Kirk. And a super realistic Russian. Yeah. And so he originally wanted his first mate, his right-hand man, to be a woman. But they were like, this is the 60s. No, no, you can't do that. So Dr. Spock was. But the original... Uh, pilot had this guy who played Pike, who was going to be the original captain and all that. Well, then later they incorporated that into the story later where they had Pike show up in that weird little rolling plastic thing with little lights that flashed on it, and he was accusing Spock, you know, of whatever. So anyway, so interestingly enough, these are those characters, if you go back and we get to see their story play out, supposedly. Um, I you know how it's going to end up. Yeah, right? And it, that's interesting they've incorporated that into it. Like every so often, he'll be doing something, he'll say something, and, you, and the memory will pop in his head that he's seen the foreshadowing himself, which is a whole thing. I won't spoil it for you. But he'll kind of almost spill the drink or drop the decanter of dimethian ale or whatever, you know. But uh, but the the characters are good. The story, the writing's pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised, I'll put it that way. Because, you know, going in anything anymore, I'm so leery. And no. Um, yeah, I like it. Does he get to fly an X-Wing? He, he does. It's the awesomest oh, thing. Good. He pulls out his lightsaber. You know. Well, as long as he's got RTD2. Exactly, exactly. But no. Um, and I'll say that, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, what's fun is to see. 
that yeah the the effects and the computer stuff looks way better than a panel of flashing lights from the 60s but i like the uniforms or like a throwback to those uniforms on the original star trek and when i see that i'm sorry i just kind of go ee, you know and they have like the galileo you remember the shuttle that they would use and you know sometimes and so it's really fun to see the galileo and then did you ever watch the cartoon uh maybe once or twice but yeah no cartoon didn't do it for you not really how about you that's the foggiest of memories right exactly. there. Yeah, it's a long time ago. I even had the little phaser that shot the little plastic discs or whatever, you know. And I, I hope had Gary was okay. Order. Yeah, no, I shot him right in the face. But anyway. Double R. You know, old double R. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, I'm watching Strange, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I'm enjoying it. Let me know what you think in the in the comments somewhere. Email me or, you know, whatever. Curse upon the winds and maybe it'll carry to me. We can only hope. And then I, you know this, but yeah, there are 200 plus hours of Transformers on Pluto, which is a streaming service. Yeah. On the streaming service Pluto, going that far. there are 200 plus hours of Transformers. And I, from what I've heard, they're more than meets the eye. Uh, I get that reference. Yeah. If anyone would, it would be, it would be you. You only need the first like. 96 episodes or what have you. That's all you need. That's right? all you need in life. The other 100 can just stuff it, huh? Well, it. what did you say? How many 200 hours? 200 plus hours. So you think the original or most of the shows would be like 20 minutes long. Yeah. So woof. When you check the commercials out. Mm-hmm. All right. Next would come your favorite video games. Dun, dun, dun. You got nothing, do you? Zip. Bubkis nada. So I am once again playing Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which is the only FromSoft Soulsborne type game that's left that I have not beaten. You've not conquered it? Yep. So I'm giving it another try. I've already thrown my hands down in disgust previously a couple of years ago when it came out, admitted mm-hmm. defeat. So now I'm back in the ring. To take another swing. To take another swing. Uh-oh. And hopefully the walls won't be shaken. <laughs> no. But we'll see. I have not gotten as far in this play as I've got in the previous one, but I am doing better. I don't know why. Maybe I expect some of that brutality. But there's still some stuff that I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember right here there's going to be a really tricky part, so. I guess I have some awareness on that too. Is this the one where you can like point the guy and you can like call him out, challenge nope. him? Nope. Oh, I'm thinking of a different game. Yeah, that was Ghost of Tsushima, oh. or Ghost of Tsushima, depending on how you want to pronounce it. I've heard it many, I, many ways. I enjoy sashimi, but that's you know. But that game is freaking fantastic. I mm-hmm. raved on it already, and probably. 20 podcasts ago or something, mm-hmm. but I still highly recommend that one. Uh, maybe that's a good example for it's like, I just read Rage More, and now that I go back and read Mutant World, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about Rage More the whole time. So mm-hmm. playing Sickle, I'm thinking about Ghost the whole time, and like, ah, what a good game. Because you see that your description of it made me think of that one. So yeah, so that there's similarities there. So if you just want that like a samurai feeling, mm-hmm. Oh man, Ghost does such a good job of it. So, like, if you want to play a samurai, Jack, you should check out the Ghost of Sashimi or whatever. There, okay. But I'm playing Sekiro, and we've already scared off Cody. 
So that was good. Aww. He was like, I don't know, man, because you can't really level grind in it uh, and be like, now I've got 2,000 hit points. Try and kill me. Yeah. Nope. You level up, but at points that they determine. Wow. It's like once you get four of these prayer beads that you get from beating little bosses. What do you do with the beads? You put them up there. Okay. Way yeah. up there up to there. level up. Okay. And that's where your stamina and uh, hit points get longer and harder mm-hmm. to beat. Video cast. See, if only you guys could see Matt right now. <laughs> you know what you were saying. But you can't just go out and grind and buy up your levels and buy up your hit points. You're long and hard, but you can't grind. Exactly. Oh, you have goodness. no stamina for such things. Shame. So they control when you're going to get more hit points, that uh-huh. sort of thing. So you can't be like, well, I'll just come back with 2,000 hit points. Yeah. Nope. nope. You're going to get what they give you and you're going to enjoy it. You can grind up and buy some of the skills. But you're only gonna you can only get so good. This is the game that you have to get good. You can't summon anybody else to do it it's for you. It's not about your character, it's about you. Yeah. As a, yeah. You can't summon anybody online to come in and do it for you. You can't grind up your gear so you're like, Wee, I've got all this stuff. Nope, mm. you gotta get good. So we'll see. Interesting. I've never got good. I've just found the ways of cheating. So mm-hmm. with all the Elden Rings and such, it's like Mm-hmm. Hey, now that I have the plus 26 sword, yeah. I'll beat whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Beat it like it owes me money. That's right. Where's my money? And that's, oh, Dying Light 2. I don't know. Have, did, have you run out and picked that up yet? Not yet, but it's definitely on my to-do list. All right. Take it off of your list. Really? It's, it's pretty meh overall. Oh, wow. I definitely. You were initially raving about it. Yeah, so you would buy it, but you didn't <laughs> fall into that trap yet, so. Do you get dividends or something? I do. <laughs> uh, well, I, for what it's worth, I think right now, currently, there's a uh, a worldwide competition going on for the most decapitations Ooh. and dismemberments. So, Well, maybe if I'd had somebody to play it with, it would have been more fun. It's always fun to have someone to play with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did I miss movies? Yes, apparently you did. Awesome. Did you want to talk about a movie? Yes. Mad God. Yeah. See, you already built it up. I was hoping for Mad Max. Exactly. Mad God, it's stop motion. Stop. I know, motion. It was stop. started in the 1980s. So it's like, I remember people talking about, oh, it's so great, it's so wonderful, and who needs you know animation and CGI or whatever, and it's like, yeah, it's great, but... The guy started in 1987 and finished it like a year or two ago. So if you do your math there, it took him 30 years to make this, what would be a full-length feature, a stop-motion you know, movie. Um, all right, Fergie, he's sending me something, and it's blocking my notes. Anyway, um, the guy who did it, his name is Phil Tippett, and it's gory. It has body horror, but the, ama- the visuals are amazing. Um, I will say that... I mean, it, it points it was hard to watch. I'll put it that way. But yeah, I keep thinking, well, this is just animation. It's not real. But he really got into the gore and the body horror and stuff. And it's kind of trippy, you know what I mean? So I could see where a lot of people, it's not going to be your cup of tea. Even me, I was like, mm, you know, like, I'm not going to run out and watch this again. But in the moment watching it, the visuals, I was blown away. In the back of your mind, you're like, a guy did this all stop motion. It was kind of like, wow, you know. And then you kind of think, what is, 
what's going on between this guy's ears? Because, I mean, this is some pretty whacked out crap. But anyway, your mileage may vary. But if you're not put off by gore, body horror, whatever, visuals are really interesting. There's no um, dialogue, you know. And there's basically three characters that you're kind of following around throughout it. The first guy is the assassin, and then it's like the surgeon, and then it's the alchemist or something. But um, these little characters, anyway, it's interesting, you know. So highly recommended. Oh, you can watch it on Shutter, and you can get a free one week trial of Shutter just before you just go pay for Shutter. Um, look online; you can find like a free week's trial. So wink, wink, you know, you can watch it for free. Looking out for you, buddies. Anyway, all right. Any other movies? That is it for movies, I All think. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. Anything else in general? Uh, no, not in general. Anything else not in general? So, we were talking there earlier about murder hobos. Mm-hmm. And how much we just dearly love murder hobos. Mm -hmm. So I will say it's something that's been part of the game probably since the beginning. I mean, there's some players that like, I had a tough day at school or at work. I, mean, I just want to kill some monsters and take their loot. And and I get that, you know. But And, and I think we've talked about this before. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. But there was a time when I really feel like D&D was a thinking man's game, you know, as they say. Oh, Grandpa. I know. And back in my day, you know, we did think of uphill both ways and we liked it. But, um, but no, um, I, there was that whole thing about, you know, jocks and nerds and D&D's nerd stuff. But you had these nerdy Bernie types playing D&D and they would find ways to solve problems or puzzles. or It wasn't always about, well, here's a monster. Let me pull out my sword, you know. Um, and honestly, going into a situation, if you were allowed to, to kind of pre- plan or strategize would make a real big difference in the outcome because you didn't have a lot of the bells and whistles you have in these games now. So really it was really so much, not so much. It was somewhat what about your character and their gear, but it was a lot of it was the person playing the character. And I think that part of D and D, which I think is wonderful. It's become a game that anybody can play. So now Jocko McGee or Derpy Joe, whatever can go, I want to play the D and D's. Well, come on buddy. And then now it's like, let me look at my sheet. What can I can and cannot do? But something is lost in the whole thinking outside the box and not going, we got to be rigid. You can't do anything it doesn't specifically say you can do here on this sheet or whatever. So I think something's been lost. And I think that's part of what has engendered this kind of murder hobo mentality. And we joke about it, but mm, it's not funny anymore, you know, kind of. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, you know, and it's the recent podcast I talked about gaming etiquette and being on your phone. But there's always, now I won't lie, back in the you know 10 20 years ago there'd be guys be over here thumbing through playing some guy's room or whatever and some guy's thumbing through a comic book the guy had in his room or something also no it's my turn he puts it down you know nowadays replace the comic book with a, a cell phone or thumbing through it and oh it's my turn all right you know but it's it's a shame that people aren't engaged with the story otherwise we're not thinking of ways but then again i mean is is some of the fault to be laid at the foot of the game masters the judges yep. Okay. <laughs> Never. You shut that down. Immediately. Immediately. I love that. But uh, it's, it's got me thinking about things. So what can we do as game masters? So how about like you have a monster that you literally cannot damage it until 
you accomplish a certain goal or do a certain thing, that party is going to die TPK right there because they're never going to stop to think, was there something else we have to do? That's where you have to do the video cast again or so you can see I that. I wish like, you could see the, the look of sadness and derision on Eddie's I, But I've played those games Yeah, where it's like, okay, there is a big flashing red button in the room and all these robots keep running around and you knock them down, but they keep getting up. But there's also a big flashing red button, shiny red button, magical red button that says robot control. So it's your turn, Jim. What are you going to do? I'm attacking the robots. Yeah. And then the button says, shut down robots immediately. And it's shining that much more brighter. And now there's a siren around going off. And you're like, please, please take the hint. Please. Yeah. So no, it's... Yeah. There's, there are times when you're not given enough of a hint, like when the GM's sure. like, there's only one way to solve this, and until you beat your head against the wall and do it the way I want it solved, okay, yeah, that's that's wrong and a lot th- of times. And then that's not fun. Reward the creativity. Yeah. And but that's what, yeah. there are times when it's like, this is super easy. Hey, there's a fire monster running around, and this room is full of buckets of water. <laughs> Whatever should we do? <laughs> Please, pick up that bucket. Throw it on the fire I'm monster. Swing, Let's move along. I'm swing my sword at it. Um, and no, and that's the one, most obvious of hits. Hints can be missed. Yeah, so yeah, but I like one thing. I, I'm pretty sure Eddie likes zero level gaming. Father, he ran a lot of funnels or whatever. Um, and uh, because the fact is, there's not all the bells and whistles. It really yes. comes down to you playing that character and think outside the box to defeat a lot of these monsters that are ridiculously powerful for a handful of zeros to be fighting. And so uh, you see that play, it's almost like you, you finally mentally twist the player's arm like there's no, quit looking at your sheet, what are you, you, know, you going to do? Uh, uh, you know, I, gotta, I have to think. It's not just I use my cool spell or power or swing my mighty sword or whatever. So it's great that it encourages that type of play, people to think outside the box. And if you're the right GM to run funnels, yeah, you reward any luck. If they even have some kind of a 10 – remotely you know eh, that seems feasible it's a fantasy game okay sure you know i mean you know but so it's being a good gm to reward that type of play and engender that or get the players to do that i think is is the thing because we would love to break them out of this murder hobo mentality um and, and talking about giving a hint like i read years ago on a gaming forum for being a better game master was like you can't just give one hint you got to give just an orgy of hints at the adventure mm-hmm. or something like my, my manner of madness. There's a puzzle at the end. If you even find the puzzle and the unlocks, what could potentially be like the next part of it and a lot of cool loot for the players. But I mean, throughout that adventure, I give a ridiculous amount of clues, you know, and I love the players are like, oh, I figured out your DV. I'm like, Oh, look at you. Yeah. There's only about literally <laughs> 30 different places in this adventure, yeah. 33. But, yeah, but hey, this guy remembers. But anyway, um, but that's one of those, those things is you got to really kind of be generous with the hints uh, and, and reward that play. You Which know? I don't have a problem with that. It's just when it's like the super obvious stuff that sometimes the murder hobos, it can only be solved with your sword. There's no with pausing for thought. Yeah. And I mean, I don't get me wrong, I get a lot of players, they get their jaws that way, but if you're talking about a good two-thirds adventure you've had so far, you just waded in and killed everything, that's great, but 
You know, there's got to be some times where, and that's what I miss. Back in the old days, we had what would be called, I guess, untiered encounters. The idea is these, are, you're not supposed to fight everything you meet. Well, okay, I'll give you one thing with the uh, modern murder hobo that uh, grinds my gears. Mm-hmm. Back in the olden days, like if we're like creeping down the hallway and we see this room full of orcs ahead of us, okay, we'd take a knee for about five minutes and come up with the plan and then execute the plan. Mm-hmm. Now there's a 30 minute discussion with analysis paralysis. Should we go in there? Should we not? Should we go back to town? Should we? And then there's a 30 minute talk that ends with let's just bust in the door and kill them. Or, and we've even seen this where they go when we were uh, doing Borderlands. All right, we're on the same page. We all agree. We get in. We start charging in an initiative, and immediately the wheels come off. Well, actually, I'm going to retreat. Well, actually, I'm going to cast a different spell than what we originally agreed on. What happened to the plan that we belabored for 30 minutes? Ah, um, er, eh. It's like, you sons of... Anyway, you know, like playing poker with my sister's kids. Yeah. So anyway... Oh, well, I have a headache now just thinking about it. But, yeah, uh, but that's that's the thing is is we need to learn to maybe be creative. Why is it always got to be, you know, kill it with your sword or throw a fireball at it, you know? And you don't want to be the game master on that thing. It's like, all right, I'm going to make everything fireproof, you know, because you're like, come on, man. But, you know, branch out, be creative, you know. But I'm going to throw, like I said, at both. Players need to quit being murder hobos, but game masters need to – discourage that behavior and or reward players not doing that sort of thing you know what i think we should do what's that we should think about this take mm-hmm. a five minute or a two week mm-hmm. come up with how we want to state that and do this as the topic on the next one i like Our it. actual topic yeah but in the meantime boy wouldn't it be neat if we got some input yeah <laughs> well we didn't have an official topic for this one uh-huh and we don't have any topics for the Twitch uh, show. Yeah. So if you want to hear something other than us talking about what's on TV and reading the TV guide, maybe <laughs> start sending us some stuff. Yeah. And what's that email address again? No class podcast is RPG in there. Yeah. Okay. No class RPG podcast at gmail.com. There is no the. Just there is no the. No class RPG podcast at gmail.com. And as well, we have a presence on Facebook. It's the No Class Podcast Facebook page. So you could definitely leave messages there or uh, email us. You know, any any number of ways. Reach out to us. So yeah. there's no the in the email address, but uh-huh. there should be beans in your chili. Only if you're a degenerate. All right, we'll see. You know, I love stew too. Mm, delicious stews and well, he'll be soups. by later. I'll let him know. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I can see by the clock on the wall, we're all out of hit points. Yeah, what you mean?